time for your morning briefing of junior mining and mineral exploration news. You are tuned in to Mining Stock Daily. Now, reporting from the Clear Creek Digital Studios in Denver, Colorado, here's your host, Trevor Hall. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome into Mining Stock Daily. It is Thursday, July 22nd. Wednesday, it was Silver's turn to rally, as September Silver surged 1% back above $25 to settle at $25.25. Gold, on the other hand, traded up to $18.14 by early a.m. Wednesday, only to be pushed back down below that $1,800 level to as low as $17.94 August basis before bouncing back over that $1,800 shortly after the COMEX floor opened. Gold settled at $18.03, down $8.00. The Mining Stock Journal notes that the hit job on gold occurred right after China's markets closed. Furthermore, the bounce after the COMEX opened is suggestive of short covering by the banks, which means the price control team is looking to reduce its short exposure to paper gold. The important point to take away is that once again, gold tested $1,800 and closed above it. The mining stocks traded higher Wednesday with GDX closing up nearly 1%. Some of the risky junior development mining stocks jumped even more. The Mining Stock Journal believes that the precious metals sector is setting up for a big move sometime between now and October. It will be making that case in the next issue, released this afternoon, as well as discussing mining stocks that it believes are particularly undervalued. You can learn more about the Mining Stock Journal at investmentresearchdynamics.com. We'll get to the news out of the miners and explorers here in just a moment, but first a quick mention of today's sponsor. This Mining Stock Daily Morning Briefing is brought to you by Rio2. Rio2 is advancing the Phoenix Gold Project in Chile, the largest undeveloped gold heap leach project in the Americas. Phoenix consists of 5 million ounces in the measured and indicated resource category and 1.4 million ounces in the inferred resource category. With a robust PFS in place, Phoenix is set up for fast-tracked construction and production. You can find a list of project and company information on their website, rio2.com. And here's what you need to know this morning. Skeena Resources shared the results of the pre-feasibility study completed for the SK Creek Gold Silver Project in the Golden Triangle of British Columbia. The study highlights an after-tax NPV of $1.4 billion Canadian and a 56% IRR at a $15.50 gold price and a $22 silver price. With a $488 million capex, Eskate Creek appears to have just under 10 years of mine life with an average annual production of 249,000 ounces of gold and over 7 million ounces of silver. The PFS is derived from the company's pit-constrained resource estimate and does not include results from the recently initiated and ongoing 2021 drill program. Skeena trades on the TSX with SKE and on the OTCQX with SKREF. Millennial Precious Metals shared drill results from its Phase 1 drill campaign at the Red Canyon Project in Nevada. Gold assay results from holes 3, 4, 5, 7, and 9 reported oxidized mineralization throughout a zone consistent with that of previous reported holes. Results included 3.05 grams per ton gold over 11 meters, including 10.32 grams per ton over 3 meters and a higher grade meter of 20.5 grams per ton. Other results included 2.8 grams per ton gold over 30 meters with an 18 meter interval 
of just over 5 grams per ton. Phase 1 drill holes are designed to test the extents of oxidized mineralization in the central zone of the heavenly target while tightening the geological model. Millennial Precious Metals trades on the TSX Venture with MPM. K92 Mining provided results from ongoing diamond drilling at the Cora deposit at the K92 Gold Mine in Papua New Guinea. Highlights from the 43 holes published this morning included 71.64 grams per ton gold equivalent over 3 meters, 37.98 grams per ton gold equivalent over 5.35 meters, and 23.04 grams per ton gold equivalent over 8.93 meters. The results continue to demonstrate the grade and continuity of Cora, with intersections largely focused on increasing drill density up dip, down dip, and to the south to upgrade resources for the Stage 3 expansion feasibility study. Results also include some step-out drilling to the south outside of the existing resource envelope. K92 trades on the TSX with KNT and on the OTCQX with KNTNF. Marathon Gold was back in the news with the latest assay results from the Berry deposit on the Valentine Gold project in Newfoundland. These latest holes represent infill drilling with less delineated hanging wall portions of the deposit and in connecting area between the northeastern and southwestern resource pit shells. Results included 5.59 grams per ton gold over 21 meters and 4.16 grams per ton gold over 5 meters. The company noted that they expect to be reporting results from the drill programs on a regular basis throughout the year. Marathon trades on the TSX with MOZ. EMX Royalty has sold its Varjo polymetallic project in Sweden to District Metals. The agreement provides the company with additional share equity in DMX that brings EMX's ownership of District to 9.9% annual advance royalty payments, a 2.5% net smelter returns royalty interest in the project, and other considerations. The Svarjo project is located in the prolific Bergeslagen mining region of southern Sweden, nearby districts Tomtibo and Trollbergit polymetallic VMS projects, which are also EMX royalty properties. The Svarjo project hosts multiple zones of polymetallic, vulcanogenic, massive sulfide and carbonate replacement style mineralization and is located in the vicinity of the historic Valoon VMS mine and Bulladen AB's active Garpenberg mine, one of the largest and most efficient underground polymetallic mines in the world. EMX trades on the NYSE American and the TSX Venture with EMX. District Metals trades on the TSX Venture with DMX. Finally, First Cobalt says they have successfully extracted nickel, cobalt, copper, manganese, lithium, and graphite from a black mass product recovered from recycled batteries. Black mass represents the main chemical composition of the battery and is obtained after removal of the mechanical housing of the battery. Work is now underway to leverage the existing operating permits, flow sheet, and equipment of First Cobalt's Canadian Hydrometallurgical Refinery to become the first facility to recycle battery materials on a large scale for reintroduction into the electric vehicle battery supply chain. First Cobalt's near-term strategy is to leverage its existing processing facilities to process black mass and recover payable metals. Longer term, the company intends to produce battery-grade materials for reintroduction into the electric vehicle supply chain and first cobalt trades on the TSX venture with FCC 
and on the OTCQX with FTSSF. That's it for us on the news briefing this morning. We do have a couple of things lined up for you later today, and we'll be getting out that Friday morning long-form interview tomorrow morning. The Mining Stock Daily Morning Briefing is produced by Clear Creek Digital and Investment Research Dynamics Mining Stock Journal. It is distributed throughout the world through your podcast network of choice and by our friends over at the Junior Mining Network. Please hit that subscription or subscribe button if you have not done so already. And if you would be kind enough to leave a review of the show, if you find some value in what we produce every single day, it is greatly appreciated. I'm Trevor Hall. Have a great day, everybody. Be well. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decision.